Thanks for listening. This is being recorded on May 6th, 2020. Um, We are going to be talking about some of the astrology for May and the full moon that we have tomorrow on May 7th. So, (laughs) um, as predicted with um, Saturn stationing retrograde um, in the next week, um, as well as Mars departing soon from the same sign as Saturn, it will be moving into Pisces. Um, We're starting to see a bit of movement. Um, Some places are starting to reopen. People are slowly going back to work. Um, I wouldn't say that we're back to normal yet or anything and probably won't be for a year or so, but um, those shifts have definitely already started to uh, be reflected within certainly um, the United States in terms of uh, quarantine starting to end Regardless of if that's a good idea or not, um, people are now starting to be uh, allowed back out into the world. So, um, tomorrow, well, I'll just go ahead and talk a little bit about, um, there were some things in late April, um, right at the end of the month, that are worth mentioning. Um, April 25th, Pluto began to station retrograde in Capricorn, um, and that can definitely pull the influence of Pluto inward, so there might be um, some heightened fears around death or illness, obviously that ties into um, people getting out and about more. Um, but generally, just the infl- any time a planet is retrograde, this um, pulls the energy of the planet, the planet inward. And since Pluto is definitely related to um, not just systems of power, but also um, has to do a lot with the the unconscious or subconscious mind, um, that might be something that people start feeling or are already feeling right now. Um, so if you're in that place. It's okay. And then April 27th, uh, Mercury moved into Taurus. And it was interesting to see uh, earlier in April when um, Mercury had met up with Uranus, um, which is the planet of liberation, innovation, and also has a lot of um, Aquarius qualities. So this is where we started to see um, the protest, um, people definitely um, feeling that that Uranus influence, especially with um, this longer-term Uranus square Saturn. So there's this um, pressure around freedom and restriction. So we saw a lot of protests related to that around that time, um, as well as a lot of... (laughs) really bizarre conspiracy theories, um, which I won't state my opinions on here, but it's, it was funny to see all of those really start to come out, um, around that time. So moving into May, um, yesterday, actually, we had the nodes 
switched signs for the first time in about two years. So they've been in the Cancer Capricorn axis, and the nodes um, has to do with the eclipse points of the moon, but within the chart can definitely point to um, what we're working on integrating. So the north node sort of points us in the direction of, okay, here's what you need to learn, here's what you need to develop, um, this part of your life, these qualities within this part of your life, depending on whatever house the, the node lands in for you. And then the south node is qualities that we um, are integrating, but more along the lines of like um, integrating the useful and letting go of things that aren't so useful anymore. So you're um, moving towards the north node and then shedding in the south node. Um, so the, it's been along the Cancer Capricorn axis for the last couple years, um, and this of course has coincided with a lot of the big moves that we've been seeing in Capricorn over the last couple years with um, Saturn-Pluto transit, Jupiter still transit, uh, transiting Capricorn until December. Um, Pluto's still gonna be there for a couple more years. Um, and then Saturn is in Aquarius now, um, but will station retrograde actually in just a few days um, and dip back into Capricorn for a little bit. Um, so it's worth noting that if you have your natal Saturn in Capricorn, so if you are around 30, um, you've already been through your Saturn return, but as Saturn moves back into the sign of Capricorn, um, it's likely to sort of, it, it, I expect it'll feel a bit like a test, like, okay, did you learn the things you needed to learn from your Saturn return or not? Um, so whatever you've really been working on um, over the last couple years, especially if this is um, the time of your Saturn return, um, that, that will resurface for a little bit um, around this time. Um, so more, probably more like June, July, um, we'll start to feel that. But uh, yeah, there's been a ton of action in Capricorn. Um, so now the nodes are shifting to Gemini and Sagittarius. So if you are somewhat familiar with your natal chart, um, check out what houses those are for you in particular, um, because that'll kind of point you in the right direction of um, what you're meant to start paying attention to um, in your life, as well as just psychologically. Um, so the North Node will be in Gemini. So those are the qualities that we are working towards, trying to develop more. Um, and then the South Node in Sagittarius is um, what can we integrate and what can we release? So I'm really intrigued to see how this translates um, on the larger scale because the nodes do, while it can translate um, very personally f within individual natal charts, um, it does affect everyone also in a broader sense. So Gemini is very um, information-based. It's very curious, but it's also um, arguably a bit more logical than Sagittarius. Um, Sagittarius rules 
things like philosophy, spirituality, religion, um, higher, higher learning, um, and Sagittarius is fire, so it can be very passionate, whereas Gemini is more, um, it's air, it's more logical and curious, um, and doesn't tend to be so dogmatic. And sometimes it can also be very flippant, um, and I mean, it is a mutable sign, so it, it shifts a lot. Um, so definitely in relation to like internet culture, as much as I try to avoid <laughs> a lot of it, you know, I don't, I don't have Twitter, I don't have Facebook, but um, in this era, you can't escape internet culture, even if you don't necessarily interact with it daily, because you still hear about it, it's always in the news, people talk about it, um, so I'm just interested to see how that translates, if people get more open and curious and are okay with um, sharing ideas and attempting to be more logical, and if maybe some of the like extreme polarization that we've seen um, will temper a little. Um, that's my optimistic take on it, but we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm certainly not going to hold my breath <laughs> on that. Um, but yeah, so the nodes shift on the... Um, or did shift on May 5th. Um, so just maybe take note of how, um, if you notice any, any changes in your um, mood, in your life. I know that for most people, things feel very stagnant right now because most of us are still um, at home. But um, if you, you know, journal, it's worth just keeping track of um, what starts to change for you and where your focus is. Um, as this shift happens, so. Okay, and then tomorrow we have the full moon in Scorpio. Um, of course, the full moon is always in the opposite sign of the sun. So um, this is always sort of about balance and, and release. Um, so we have the sun in Taurus, Mercury in Taurus, um, this very fertile... Um, sign of life and fertility and um, this is where spring really starts to come forward and um, it, it gets warmer things start blooming all of that and then Scorpio of course um, is precisely the opposite of that and deals with um, death and darkness and um, Taurus likes to accumulate whereas Scorpio tends to eliminate um, Taurus rules some parts of the body that have to do with um, eating and that's one of the reasons that <laughs> um, food is always associated with Taurus so it rules um, parts of the esophagus which is where we uh, take in food and then Scorpio rules um, the lower organs in the body that have to do with um, elimination like getting rid of that food but also has to do with um, sex, which is a different kind of life uh, in some ways than, um, than Taurus. So it does have a regenerative quality, <coughs> excuse me, but the way that Scorpio regenerates um, is through a destruction. Um, so Taurus likes for things to be 
um, steady and lush and comfortable, and Scorpio tends to be more um, harsh and and dark and um, all, you know all of those Pluto things. <laughs> so this moon is um, also opposite Mercury because Mercury is always very close to the Sun, um, and I imagine this would translate as. Um, so when the moon is in Scorpio, like if you have this natally, um, I'm sure that you already know this, but um, Scorpio is very private and it has a lot of deep, intense emotions, but the moon there doesn't like to share those emotions um, and it can be very guarded and, and protective. So um, having the moon there in opposition to the sun and Mercury in this very um, life-giving sign of Taurus, I would imagine would translate to um, maybe just like people's fears around what's going on right now or um, fears around like the transition back to whatever is going to be normal now. Um, and maybe a feeling too of like being... Um, possibly resentful of the attempts at over-positivity. Um, this, this whole situation definitely hits people very, very differently. Um, so people that are doing well aren't as afraid to stay home or aren't um, bound economically to their work as much as people in um, lower-paying and yet, quote-unquote, essential jobs. Um, so, yeah, this could breed some resentment there, too, of, like, just noticing the disparity and the differences between um, how this whole situation affects um, people of means and people without means or with less means, certainly. Um, and then the moon is also in uh, this T-square to... Um, Mars. So Mars is squaring the moon and the sun uh, and Mercury at, while the sun and Mercury are opposite the moon. So basically, um, this is adding a level of aggression, um, <laughs> potentially, to these feelings and to how those feelings translate. Um, Mars in Aquarius can make the, the collective, um, because Aquarius rules large groups of people, so communities, um, political parties, countries, states, things like that. Um, and Mars in Aquarius definitely has the potential for protest. So that's something that we might continue to see right now. Um, and I'm, I'm also interested to see how, if anything shifts when Mars moves into Pisces, um, later, later on, uh, actually May 13th, Mars will enter Pisces. So I'm, I'm interested because Pisces is the collective also, um, but in a different way than Aquarius. Um, it's more of like the collective unconscious or the more, um, emotional, because it's water, it's the more like emotional side of the collective, whereas Aquarius um, definitely has, well, it has a theme of a collective. It's more um, logical and dry um, 
and and rebellious. Um, so I'm just really intrigued to see what happens when that when that switch takes place um, next week. Uh, worth noting also. Um, with this full moon, we have a trine to Neptune, and um, Neptune is also squaring Venus, and will continue to square Venus throughout um, once Venus retrograde starts, which is the same day that Mars enters Pisces, so May 13th. Um, And Neptune square Venus, any kind of Neptune influence is, uh, makes something cloudy whatever planet it's talking to um and especially with a more challenging aspect like a square or an opposition um neptune doesn't do well with facing reality um it's very idealistic it doesn't have the best boundaries and it's in currently in pisces which is its ruling sign um and in the chart neptune at least the chart for the um full moon we have Neptune is above Venus in the chart so um, it's sort of overpowering Venus with this full moon Um, and so our our value judgments around um, relationships around people around our attachments things like that um, are going to be pretty cloudy Um, and also, just check out, again, which um, house Gemini is for you, because that'll also help you gain a little clarity about what you're reevaluating during this time. Um, but Neptune's influence is very foggy, and we can't, um, we can't always make the best judgments, and we can't always see very clearly. Um, so that's um, something to keep in mind as we also move towards Venus retrograde. Um, It's kind of, it can be like a honeymoon phase. Um, It can be very, like, idyllic, and um, everything seems great, but it's not real. (laughs) Um, So I'm definitely interested to see what uh, happens with people's relationships after Venus retrograde, when Venus uh, stations direct and then moves into Cancer and departs from that... um, the influence of Neptune in that way. Um, the reality of a lot of connection will probably um, <laughs> come come crashing in, so to speak. So we have a lot of um, retrograde going on right now. Um, Pluto retrograde started April 25th. Um, Juno is still retrograde. Um, and that started in... February. So Juno is an asteroid that represents um, our, you know, value and perspective on um, partnership and marriage and committed relationships. Um, Juno is the archetype of Zeus's wife. Um, and she's currently in the sign of Libra, so which is also traditionally um, has ties to the seventh house, which is partnership and marriage. So Juno retrograde combined with Venus retrograde um, is, yeah, I just feel like a lot of people will see their relationships very differently, um, maybe a month or two months from now. So we'll see what happens with that, but just keep that in mind. Um, And maybe check out what house 
um, Libra is for you as well to help gain some insight there. Um, if you're interested in more specifics of Venus retrograde and learning how to sort of understand your natal Venus um, and see more in detail about like how this Venus retrograde might work out for you and your natal chart, um, I've posted a lot of educational stuff related to that on my Patreon page. Um, and have some pretty affordable tier levels too. So um, you can find me there if you want to really dive into that for yourself. Um, and it's just Patreon um, practical magic. There's an underscore between those words. Um, and it's magic, uh, M-A-G-I-C-K. Okay. Um, and then May 14th, we have Jupiter retrograde in Capricorn. <laughs> Um, I kind of wonder if this will be, because Jupiter, Jupiter brings, um, luck and learning, um, in the sign that he's in and, you know, already doesn't do the best in Capricorn, even without the influence of Pluto and Saturn. But, um, so I kind of wonder how that will translate in terms of like, progress on a vaccine or, um, yeah, Jup Jupiter, as much as he can, I think has tried to soften a little bit of the Capricorn action. Um, so having it stationed retrograde might, um, feel like that's been removed a bit. So, um, and then May 20th, um, the sun enters Gemini, and this will be joining that um, shift of the nodes. So that might be another day to notice um, what, uh, wh what might be changing or where your attention is going now in your life versus over the past two years. Um, and this is also the sign of our Venus retrograde. So, And Mercury... Um, Mercury will already be there. Uh, Mercury enters Gemini the same day as Saturn retrograde on May 11th. Um, especially, it's worth mentioning, if you know your chart and you have any planets at one degree Aquarius um, or, or very, very close to that, within a couple degrees of that, um, look, I'd say that you probably felt that... Um, Saturn-Mars conjunction in late March, um, pretty personally. So as we have um, Saturn stationing retrograde at one degree Aquarius, this is also the point around which Saturn and Jupiter will um, come together in December. So whatever, if you have any natal planets very close to that point, um, a lot of stuff is going to be hitting that uh, throughout the year. So um, just take note of that. Okay, um, and then May 22nd, we have the new moon in Gemini. There's a lot of stuff going on in Gemini <laughs> this month. Um, new moon in Gemini, and that'll be very close to that um, new north node shift. Uh, Mercury and Venus will also be here. Um, Venus will be retrograde by that point. Um, so whatever house Gemini is for you, it's going to be pretty active this month. So just um, see see how that translates in your life. And then um, May 28th, Mercury enters Cancer. So 
we'll all be probably um, a little more sensitive. <laughs> and then later on, um, we do get into Mercury retrograde in Cancer, which, ugh, lots of misunderstood feelings and hurt feelings um, and probably a lot of passive aggressiveness. But that's not till June, so we'll worry about that then. Um, and there is this ongoing... Um, Saturn square Uranus that we still have for a while this year. Um, and it's just really, it, it's just that tension between restriction and freedom. Um, and feels like, you know, because Uranus likes to do whatever it wants and it's very, um, progressive and innovative. Um, it might just, I feel like this is going to frustrate a lot of plans this year until, um, Saturn can move further through Aquarius. Um, so there's just a feeling of like, you know, one step forward, two steps back. You think you've made progress and then something else happens or there's an obstacle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's another shutdown this year. Then I'm just sort of like mentally preparing myself for that. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but I just, I would not be surprised. Um, so that's pretty much the rundown on, um, on the astrology for May, um, full moon in Scorpio, <sighs> lots of feelings, lots of, um, probably, probably plenty of, uh, frustrated aggression for sure. So if you're feeling those things, it's okay. <laughs> Just um, find find a, a constructive way to, to move that out, especially um, in cases where Mars is involved, um, because Mars is very, very physical. Um, finding any physical way that you can sort of release um, that energy through the body is really, really helpful. Um, yeah, and then just, again, keep in mind all that Venus-Neptune stuff. Um, what you see might not be what you get. Somebody might seem like the love of your life and perfect. And then, you know, once Venus retrograde is over and it starts to separate from that Neptune influence, um, <laughs> it might not be as pretty as you thought it was. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, I also wonder if this could be influenced by the fact that people have been so restricted and so isolated that as we start to be allowed to move out and socialize more, um, people might sort of fall into relationships just out of um, a craving for connection. Um, and Venus and Gemini is very um, mental, in the set, like uh, Gemini is ruled by Mercury, so it's more of like the ideas of things, or um, it connects intellectually or verbally. So I can see how um, people would fall into relationships based on um, an, just a need for general connection. Um, so the expectations, just keep your expectations low. <laughs> and I don't mean, I don't mean that like you should settle. I just mean if you, if you do happen to, um, fall into something during this month, um, just know that you might be looking at it through rose colored glasses and, um, eventually the reality will set in. <laughs> um, so that's just something to keep in mind. 
And I think that's all of the relevant May things for now. Um, yeah, sorry it's been, gosh, it's been like well over a week since I've done a podcast. I just, I'm juggling my quote-unquote regular job um, that I was finally allowed to reopen this week. So I've kind of been scrambling to just get everything in order for that. But thank you so much for listening. Um, I look forward to putting out another episode soon. Um, I find myself really wanting to discuss and pull apart the ideas of um, fate and free will, especially as it relates to astrology. Um, So that's something that's coming in the near future. Um, I've had a lot of chart readings lately, which is awesome. I love doing this, and it's certainly helped keep me afloat (laughs) um, where I haven't been able to work for two months. Um, So that's been really nice, so I appreciate that from everybody who's decided to get one um, and has just really been interested in using this time to learn about astrology and learn about themselves. Um, Yeah, so I'll be back soon. Um, I hope you guys have a nice full moon, and, you know, if you have some intense feelings, just get it out. (laughs) It's okay. This year is really, um, it is a rough year, and some years just are that way. But, I mean, hey, we're already halfway through it, right? So, (laughs) thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.